Welcome to Conversations in Equine Science. My name is Kate Acton and I'm joined by Nancy McLean. And this is the podcast where we take equine research and try and make it accessible to horse owners and enthusiasts alike. Remember that with each topic we discuss, it's important to get professional advice before implementing any of the strategies. This week, I'm flying solo while Kate is in Scotland visiting friends, and she's also preparing to attend a medical conference in France. So we'll have a few guest hosts in the next couple of weeks, but for today, it'll be just me. The paper that I'm discussing is called Exploring Horse Owners' Understanding of Obese Body Condition and Weight Management in United Kingdom leisure horses. Now this paper is by Tamsin Furtado et L 2020 and there's actually six authors total. There's Tamsin and then there's Elizabeth Perkins, Gina Pinchbeck, Catherine McGowan, Francine Watkins, and Robert Chrisley. Now, Catherine McGowan is one of the authors that I'm the most familiar with. She has done extensive nutrition and metabolic health research, and I'm really kind of a fan of her research. So um, that's one of the reasons I picked this paper. And then also, it's a 2020 uh, publication, so it's pretty recent. And uh, Kate had mentioned a couple weeks ago when we did the physiotherapy uh, episode that uh, it's hard for owners and trainers um, and judges. They always seem to pick the horses that are slightly overweight or have a little higher body condition score. So I thought, well, we can go in and see what are some of the research analysis that uh, comes out of a study like this. Now, equine obesity is one of the most serious welfare concerns of horses worldwide. This paper is dealing with the UK. However, um, I also looked into some of the USA and their statistics. Um, Little is known about how owners conceptualize their horse's weight as part of its health or how they plan and carry out weight management. And I'm kind of experienced with that because when I'm dealing with racetrack horses, we very seldom have weight issues other than maybe uh, they need more nutrition because of their expenditure. Um, Then I get the Welsh pony and it's the flip side. They tend to carry their weight very efficiently and they get overweight somewhat quickly. So the objectives of this study was that it aimed to further our understanding of leisure horse owners' perceptions of equine health and awareness of excess fat in order to clarify our understanding of successful strategies for managing equine weight. Now, equine obesity in the UK is thought to be between 31 and 54%. 
the factors of obesity have been well studied. We all know it's nutrition, it's exercise. Um, sometimes all of that works together, we've seen, determines metabolic health. But the basics are calories in versus calories out. Now, in the U.S., the obesity rate is reported uh, to be as between 20 and 50 percent of the total horse population, and that's according to Kentucky Equine Research. The American Association for Equine Practitioner even goes a step further because they'll suggest that of the 50% of fat horses, which means they have a body condition score of greater than six, 19% are a BCS of eight or nine. And that's on a scale of one to nine, and that would be considered as obese. Now, this study design used a qualitative research method. And I guess to explain qualitative research, that would involve collecting and analyzing non-numerical numerical data. So um, it helps you to understand concepts, opinions, experiences, and it can be used to gather in-depth insights into a problem, or it can even help generate new ideas for research. So the methodology for this study was they took data from 16 threads on equine forums. They did 28 individual interviews with horse owners. They did 19 interviews with equine professionals such as veterinarians and nutritionists. And then they had two focus groups with an additional 21 horse owners. Now data was anonymized, so everything was kept as anonymous as possibly could. And then it was analyzed used using a grounded theory approach. Now, Grounded theory in simple terms is uh, it involves just the collection and analysis of data. The theory is grounded in the actual results or the data that they get from whether it's interviews, surveys, forums, and it always occurs after you have all the data collected. So it's somewhat of a useful method for uh, doing research. However, the main limitation would be that sometimes people say things that maybe they're really not doing. They may do that because they think that's what the sur survey people want to hear, or maybe they're thinking um, they try to get the correct answer. So if ever you do a survey, it's good just to put down what is actually happening because then that doesn't skew the results. So um, anyway, that is the overall research paper for this week. And we'll take a short sponsor break. And when we come back, we'll look at the results and the conclusion. Thanks, everyone. We'll be right back. I also wanted to include that the forum information, um, it was three of the most popular used equine discussion groups. 
They were frequented by uh, leisure horse owners. Uh, also, they were open access. They were United Kingdom based, and they were regularly used and searchable. So the terms used in the search engine were obese, overweight, and fat, just like that, obese, overweight, and fat. And then uh, that was uh, kind of um, over overseen between January 2015 and May 2016. Now, threads were excluded if they were outside the subject matter. So, for example, let's say there was a thread that came up uh, rider weight. Well, then that would be excluded. So, they ended up with 16 discussion threads and they analyzed 646 postings. Now, the interviews were for owners who managed their own horses, had a lot to do with their horses' care. Those interviews were done from December 2016 to March 2018 until the researchers felt saturation was reached. And that just means that they were recognizing that no new themes uh, were popping up to be able to add new data. So this resulted in 28 owners. Now, the 19 professionals included four first opinion vets, six nutritionists, um, four farriers, three yard managers, an equine welfare charity manager, and a behaviorist. And they were all interviewed about their professional experience with equine weight management, particularly in dealing with horse owners. It's no surprise then that horse owners in this particular study were not able to objectively uh, judge their horse's overall body shape. So it was very hard for them to separate fat and muscle and shape from fat. So, so many of them thought, um, I like this uh, participant 24 said, I thought that was just her build. I thought she was just a big, chunky cob. So they really had difficulty differentiating the shape from of the horse from the fat that was on the horse. So once they were able to see that um, and became aware of equine body fat and what it can do to their metabolism, then they were much better um, to make adjustments and to make uh, changes. So I thought one of the most significant sayings was uh, participant 19 said, obviously she's a cob and they're supposed to have a bit of an apple bum. But then participant 20 chimed in, yeah, but yours has a whole apple orchard. So that's the whole deal. We're very, very bad at assessing overweight um, and fat in our horses. However, they were very aware of the welfare concerns of thin horses. So I think as horse owners, we need to realize that overweight and thin are both huge welfare concerns. And um, the vet 
participant 31 said that he believes that quite a lot of people are aware deep down uh, that their horse is overweight. It's just they choose not to adapt their management or their feeding or their uh, up the exercise to accommodate that weight loss. So um, anyway, there is, um, even the nutritionist said that she felt like they're not completely in the dark about their horse's condition. So then once they uh, were taught, and we're talking about the interviews, the focus groups, um, etc., they were taught the potential danger of equine body fat. And once they were taught that and they were told how severely overweight their horse was, uh, participant 14 said, I was so worried about him getting laminitis when I first realized how fat he was. So I think the bottom line in this is that we need to step back and take our rose-colored glasses off and really see the crest, um, the fat pads, um, the places that uh, we might think look attractive because so many of us equate good health as being a well-bodied horse. But in reality, um, it's just too dangerous to keep that thought process going. And so um, they help the owners to reframe the equine body shape and they turned fat into an adversary. So um, it's pretty good. Like one participant said, obviously, I have to watch his weight being native and she re is referring to a native pony. It's a constant battle with keeping him not too fat. I hear her because these ponies, they keep weight on and it is it is a battle. So once it seemed they get that fight battle language into these threads and these discussions, then they started to um, make progress. They did come up with um, 40 ideas that we can do for weight management strategies. And I thought some of them were pretty good. So I'm going to take the time to go through each and every one of these. I know they're self-explanatory in a lot of cases. There are some in this list that I was not aware of as an idea I could even implement in helping um, my pony not uh, gain weight. I think, though, sometimes ponies gain weight just looking at grass. So anyway, you can, uh, number one, the type of change would be reduced grazing. Now, the action to do this would be a strip graze, starvation, bare pada, paddock, yard turnout, so not really out in a pasture, woodland turnout, which would be uh, low grass, or grass-free, a track system, which is normally, uh, you know, they move towards piles of forage or hay, not necessarily grass. Uh, you can rotate uh, graze based on body condition score, and this would uh, 
you would have to turn thinner horses out to eat the grass down first before the fatter ones would be allowed in. And then um, you could co-graze with sheep or cattle, co-graze with more horses, uh, put a grazing muzzle on, graze the horse with a bit in its mouth. Now that one caught my attention. I never ever thought to do that. And I would suggest if you do uh, do that to make sure your throat latch is secure because you could lose a bridle or um, have a horse step on it and that, that would not be good. And then you can stable horses for some of the time, which is one of the methods I use. I turn out for a number of hours a day and then bring in uh, towards evening and keep her in all night. And then I make sure I implement exercise at least five days a week. Now, um, a change that would alter supplementary feed, you could reduce bucket feed, you could reduce volume of supplementary forage, uh, which would be hay or haylage, you could change the type of supplementary forage, so you could do hay instead of haylage or hay replacer, and the, the hay is going to have... Um, less concentrated nutrients in it. And then oat straw as supplementary forage. You could soak the forage. You could buy those slow intake um, trickle feeding nets. And you could do slow intake of bucket feed, like a treat ball, etc. So then their last uh, category was increase exercise. So ride, lunge, horse walker. So they're, I think they're assuming the automatic horse walker, or you could walk your horse. I think uh, they recommend 30 minutes of horse walking a day, uh, riding at least 15 minutes of uh, weight-bearing exercise. Uh, you could long rein, drive. You can pony a horse uh, from the back of another horse, uh, which is just basically riding and leading. Um, there's agility training, which would be kind of liberty training, in-hand schooling, track system in the paddock. So you could um, encourage them to maybe do walk, trot, canter within the track system, turn out with youngsters or bossy horses. Um, you could uh, hire someone to help with exercising your horse. Uh, you could join events such as Hack 1000 Miles. You could organize group trail rides or hacks uh, from the same yard. Uh, track exercise with an app. I do that quite a bit because it motivates me. Um, pay someone to ride the horse. Pay someone to do chores so you have more time to ride your horse. You could always send the horse to a trainer. Uh, and in hand hacking or jogging with the horse. Now, you can also use metabolism to aid in weight loss. And I've talked about this, how in the winter I don't blanket my pony. So uh, that's their number one uh, recommendation is don't rug in winter or rug less frequently. Don't use fly rugs. Allow horses to move to get flies off of them. 
clip the horse in winter. I'm not so sure if if I agree with doing that or not. I mean, I I um that would be extreme for me to clip a horse when they actually need their hair coat. So that one I'm kind of crossing off the list. And then um, you can allow for weight loss in winter. So you can see slight ribs in spring and then split forage into multiple portions and spread across the paddock to encourage foraging. Now, one of the, um, the other things I do is my pony goes out with thoroughbreds who are kind of flighty and they run and they play. And that absolutely helps so much with um, exercise. So there also here was a quote from a farrier that I would like to read. Um, they um, Let's see here. I think, well, first off, we'll do what the vet said. Uh, people are worried about stomach ulcers. I think people are more worried about stomach ulcers and the fact that from a welfare that they should be eating something most of the time than they are about laminitis and things like that related to being overweight. So, um Let's see here if I can find that. Oh, here's the farrier say, saying, um, he's, he said, the owners say, my horse had an attack of laminitis, like a ninja came in. It's not an attack. It's something that's built up. Really, you could have seen it coming three months ago because your horse has been getting fatter and fatter and fatter. The amount of people that are like it just had an attack, it came out of nowhere. One minute it was all right, the next minute it couldn't walk. So that's pretty true. Uh, laminitis is, uh, creeps up on us just as much as the weight creeps up on us over time. So I would highly recommend um, using a weight tape. Uh, use a tape measure. Um, you know, put it around at the center part of the neck and measure that crest and uh, keep track of it. And then I also kind of use my girth. If I have to, um, you know, go up a hole, that's a good thing. But if the girth becomes too short, that's a bad thing. So I think it's just realizing um, weight can be just as destructive as too thin and uh, especially when it comes to the metabolic disorders that can occur. So um, I think they gave some good ideas in this paper. Um, I think um, that we have to make sure the horses get enough forage. And I think we also have to keep them engaged and keep them from being bored or isolated. So once again, I'm going to end this podcast or this episode by saying it's really taking care of the physical and the mental and emotional side of the horse. So we have to make sure um, we don't starve them. We have to make sure that we give them plenty of enrichment. And then we have to make sure that they're allowed to, to be with friends and not be isolated. And then within that framework, we can come up with a weight loss program. And I will put the link to this paper 
on the homepage. And um, I hope it will help some of you who are needing to uh, keep your horses uh, from gaining weight or maybe they're, they have gained weight through the summer and now you're looking at taking it back a little bit. Uh, hopefully this uh, episode will give you some ideas. Now next week we're going to have Brittany Davis on the show as a co-host and uh, we're going to be talking about arthritis in horses. So um, looking forward to that. I hope you enjoyed the solo podcast. I know it's not as um, full of conversation is what Kate and I normally do, but Kate will be back and um, I'll see everyone next week with Brittany Davis. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.